Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and I'm joined today by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Bernal. Caleb, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. Well, all right, let's mix it up. Well, Jason, other Jason, obviously Jason Demond is not here today. That's why the intro womp, womp. was a little different. Uh, so th- for me, this is going to be easy because it's still Caleb and Jason. Yeah, so. yeah. I've got like sweaty armpits. I'm a little nervous. So, <laughs> Well, you, you wouldn't be able to tell. You're like a, a professional. Uh, so Jason is out sick. Uh, he's been sick for a few days. I'm not going to speculate. But honestly, uh, this is a good excuse, Jason, for us to do something that I've wanted to do for a long time. A, I've wanted to get you on the podcast. B, I've had this little idea that I've been working on for a new episode series. Um, and we just haven't had a great, um, a great way to lead into it. So I'm going to try to set this up a little bit. We are going to do, maybe it's the only one in the series. We'll see how this goes. Um, but we're going to do a small business, small batch series. And the premise of this one, rather than cocktails is we're going to taste a small batch bourbon because you know, I love my whiskey. I'm in, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Say no more. Yes. Uh, and Jason, you have a lot of experience with small business. You are a small business owner. That business is getting bigger, uh, sometimes uh, faster than you'd like, I'm sure. Uh, But you also deal with a lot of small business owners as clients. So I think this is a really cool concept. I think uh, for our clients out there listening who happen to own a small business, this should should be fun. Yeah. The best part about this is I didn't have a lot of time to think about it. So uh, we're just going to see what happens. I think it'll be great. We're just going to dig in. We're going to see what you know off the top of your head. No pressure. And I, I guess it should be fun. Yeah, I'm I'm actually super excited, if mostly about the bourbon. <laughs> if, it's, if it's not fun, we'll never do it again. That's right. So, so yeah. So a lot going on in the world. You know, I, I think we'd be remiss uh, if we, we didn't bring up the stuff that's going on in Afghanistan and the hurricane now tropical storm. Our friends in Louisiana and Jackson, Mississippi, hopefully they're all safe. But there's just a lot of craziness going on. So hopefully we can be some lightness and entertaining for our listeners out there. Although this for will sure. come out a little bit later. Uh, than some of these things going on. Um, Hopefully it's a bright spot. Uh, I know we'll have fun. Hopefully you have fun with it too. If you're a small business owner out there, uh, listen up. Here we go. So I'll I'll get into what we're drinking today, Jason. I'm excited about this. You know that my favorite. One of my favorites. Oh, yes. Whiskey Neat. Yes. I mean, it's simple. Um, In fact... Jason, why don't you go ahead and share the ingredients with us today and introduce the bourbon that we're drinking. So ingredient number one uh, definitely is a glass. Um, you, okay. you need a receptacle to put this bourbon into. So Check. Uh, some folks like ice. Ooh, Check. which that's, that's on my side. Some do not. That so, would be me. Definitely. So what we are pouring today is a, uh, a small batch 1792 I mean, I'd be lying to say that we haven't maybe been through a bottle of this before. Yeah, just one, maybe. Maybe. Quite delicious. And uh, to keep it simple, this is a, you just pour it in a glass and and enjoy. Yeah. I mean, the ingredients, Jason, you named it, 1792 small batch for for this one. Uh, A great pour, a beautiful amber color. (laughs) Yes. Oh, gosh. Um, There's, let's see, let's let's get a whiff of this guy here. Uh, I smell, (sighs) I smell... 
Maybe some caramel. I smell happiness. I smell happiness too. <laughs> if happiness smells like vanilla and oak. That's oh, what I'm getting. Yeah, very a uh, little caramely in there. I think. Yeah, good stuff. Um, so, folks, if you're mixing one of these up at home, follow real closely. As Jason said before, grab your glass if you want to put an ice cube in there, or I, I think that it's acceptable to put a couple of drops of water in. I don't ever do that Ooh. myself. Now there are some bourbon snobs out there who say that that actually opens up the flavor a whole lot. I don't know about that, um, but most of them know more than I do. So <laughs> get your rocks glass, add your ice cube or your couple of drops of water if desired. Pour that bourbon into the glass. I say go about two fingers. Yeah, I would say so. Maybe three, depending on the day that you've had. And <laughs> step three, we're going to do right now, which is... I cheated. Mm. I, you know, I'm not as practiced as these guys, so I already, <laughs> I already tasted it. And I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. Step three is enjoy. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Gosh, that boy that's did just, I. That's wonderful. <laughs> it's it's really an excellent small batch. Um, so, seventeen ninety two, Jason is a bourbon that's owned by the Sazerac Company. Uh, some of you folks out there listening might know Sazerac Company. Um, they have a lot of uh, really good bourbons in their lineup: Buffalo Trace, yep. Blanton's. Um, is it E. H. Taylor? Colonel E. H. Taylor. I'm sorry. Um, so a lot of hard to find. Oh, and, and of course, Pappy Van Winkle is in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's so, not forget that one. Yeah, the, the granddaddy or the grandpappy of them all. Um, so, you know, Sazerac also actually, uh, I don't know the name of it, but they're, you know, a lot of people say that they make the best bourbons in the world. Somebody out there said they actually make technically the worst bourbon in the world, too. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, I, I think... Good timing for this episode with what's going on in Afghanistan. It's only available to our troops overseas. Ah, well. We should be sending them Blantons and Pappy, in my opinion. No kidding. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Sazerac Company uh, bought a bunch of these these bourbon names, I believe back in 2002, if I'm not mistaken. But Jason, there's something in the name with 1792. Can you guess maybe why they named this 1792? Just off the top of your head. Take a guess. Oh, a significant date in history would be my guess. <laughs> I mean, I am a thinker, but I'm not a historian. Not a bourbon historian, at least. <laughs> there is something to the date. So why would a bourbon created in 1879 be called 1792? It's actually simpler than what, what you might think. So Kentucky received its statehood status in the year 1792. And oh. as we know, Kentucky is the home of bourbon. Yes. Makes sense. Um, and I, I, while I don't think officially, it used to used to have to come from Bourbon County, Kentucky to be bourbon. That's not the oh, case anymore. I didn't know that. But uh, yeah, that's where this one started. Bardstown, Kentucky, which is where most bourbon out of Kentucky <laughs> is made, I, th- I think. So if you've ever been down to the bourbon trail or talked about going to the bourbon trail, um, you're talking Bardstown. One of the cool facts about 1792 is actually uh, the Barton 1792 distillery is the oldest fully operating distillery in Bardstown. That's pretty nice. cool. That's cool. So this particular bourbon, I did a little bit of digging on. Um, it's been produced since 2002. Jason and I, we usually talk about uh, controversy that goes along with Ooh. these cocktails. Pretty yes. hard to point out a controversy <laughs> in a bourbon. You either meat. like this or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if there is any controversy, it would be in the uh, in in the name. Um, and oh, actually, yes. when this started out, it was called uh, Ridgewood Reserve 1792. Does Ooh. that sound close yeah, to anything that's, else? I see where the controversy is coming <laughs> from. That's like real close. Yeah. So they were sued by the makers of Wood, Woodford Reserve mm. and, and lost. Yeah. That makes um, sense. We love Woodford too, by the way. Um so they changed their name, Jason, 
this is really, really creative to Ridgemont Reserve, <laughs> 1792. And wisely, in my opinion, dropped the Ridgemont later on. So Yeah, that makes sense. So what we're drinking today, Jason, is not a uh, it's not a weak drink by any means. Not at uh, all. This one rings in at 94 proof. That's 47% alcohol by volume out there. Any idea why they call it small batch or what makes a small batch, Jason? You know, I, I have some ideas, and I believe it has to do with the barrel. Usually when it comes to bourbon, yes. And in this instance, you are correct, my friend. <laughs> so that was a safe guess. What makes it a small batch? While there is no technical definition of what constitutes a small batch, which I, I find that interesting, there's really nothing that says for sure what's small. I mean, that's in small, the eyes like of the 10, beholder. Barrels <laughs> it could be. <laughs> so it basically means that this is a bourbon that's a blend of a lesser amount of barrels than your typical big label bourbon company. So l- let's say Jim Beam White. You know, that's a right. We see that at weddings all the time. <laughs> that's blended with thousands of barrels, like you said, uh, of uh, of Jim Beam, and the the flavor is pretty homogenous. Uh, it's pretty predictable, right? Uh, because right. of that, so. Uh, the small batch, uh, because they're using a uh, lower amount of barrels, it, it, it allows for a batch of bourbon to, or a, a barrel of bourbon really to uh, impart a little bit more unique character or flavor. Um, so what's and cool I think about this? We've experienced that. Sure. There's, well, how many times have you tasted a bourbon, a small batch, and you go, yeah, I really like that. You go get another bottle of it and you go, this, Whoops, this isn't quite what I, I thought the it wrong was. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it might just be the, bur- uh, the barrels the barrel, that they sure. used. So. Uh, a small batch blend may be, you know, 20 to 100 barrels that's blended together. Now, Elijah Craig, you know, that's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I, the only one that I ever see around is small batch. I, I think that's a blend of 1,000 barrels. So that's a lot of batches or the, a lot of barrels to call it small batch. But um, I guess it's smaller than what the big boys are doing. And, and Elijah Craig's pretty uniform, in my opinion. It usually tastes, tastes about the same. But when you get into some of these super small batches that are 20 barrels... You're getting a really unique product each time. So um, what makes it really unique is when you get into the single barrels. Right, yeah. And I know you like your single oh, barrel. definitely. <laughs> uh, that, that unique flavor, you know, guessing what's in there. Yeah. Um, but this is, you know, this is kind of nice to be able to go and and pick up a bottle of this and know that it's going to be pretty close, mm-hmm. um, but still have some unique flavor characters, uh, characteristics that you don't always get. Um in those gigantic batches of, you know, the common stuff. Yeah, it's it's never boring, in my opinion. Single barrel's really exciting. I know you're a big fan of the New Riff single barrel. We've had a few different bottles of that one. Yep. Different every time. Uh, I remember years ago, I think two years in a row, my brother-in-law for Christmas got me a Booker's small batch. Or, I'm sorry, it was a single barrel. Mm-hmm. And it was... It was crazy, the difference one year to the next. And they were the same label and everything. So Wow. But anyway, nonetheless, this is the second, I think, bottle of 1792 that we've had, and yeah. I liked it the first time. I like it this time. What are your thoughts on this one, Jason? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a this is a phenomenal sipping bourbon, uh, attractive bottle, which is kind of cool, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of different shape. Uh, the 1792 name, too, I mean... Even though I think ninety five percent of people have no idea what that means, <laughs> we just learned it today. Yeah, exactly. It's like wow, seventeen ninety two. You know, a lot of good things happened in the seventeen hundreds. Yeah. No, I mean, I think you know the a lot of bad things too. Yeah, I guess <laughs> this is a smooth, nice, balanced. I think great sipper. Um, yeah, 
put this bottle on your in your bar and and grab it and not feel guilty kind of bourbon, you know. Yeah, speaking of not feeling guilty, small batch a lot of times uh, because it is more unique. There's not as many bottles. Uh, they're more of a limited run. Sometimes carry a price tag. Uh, this one, it, when you can find it, in Ohio at least, is about $30. So not bad at all. No, not at all. Um, and when I say limited and, and hard to find, it's hard to find in Ohio because Ohio is one of those allocated bourbon states. Um, as a state, we only get so much of it, and then they distribute it out to the uh, liquor stores as they see fit. So I would say here where we're at, we get... Seven nine seventeen ninety two on the shelves, maybe once a month or every yeah. six weeks, and it's and gone right. We were away. lucky to get this bottle. Yeah, we I mean, we, we went later in the day. We did, yeah, and we weren't was... lined up with the rest of the al- <laughs> so called alcoholics in the morning. <laughs> yeah, here in Ohio, uh, you know, there's a, you can go to OHLQ and uh, look up your bourbon of choice. If you know what day your favorite liquor store is getting their bourbon shipment, um, you should be able to see before they open up what bourbons came in and. Uh, you know, we've seen Blanton's in 1792, and there was an Elijah Craig special. What else have we seen out there, Jason? Eagle Rare. Yep. Um, there's usually a line. You know, when they get these boxes in, there's six. There's usually five people in line. Right. So. But we've never once questioned our life choices by looking online, <laughs> no. waiting in line. <laughs> it's fun. It's something to do on and a Friday morning. And shaking the uh, liquor store guy's hand <laughs> when we leave. <laughs> yeah, when he knows you on a first-name basis, uh, you're, you're there quite a bit. Actually, Actually, he said to me the other day, hey, you're here as much as I am. And I said, I know, I know. And he goes, I never go home. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this is a good one. Actually, something else I read too, Jason, and I cut up some cheese here. Someone said that this is phenomenal to pair with cheese. Ooh, let's try that. So I've got some sharp cheddar here. Snack time. Yes. Mm, I I had a drink first. (laughs) You cheated. That's delicious, honestly. That is unique. Yeah, it's good. I think I, I noticed some of the vanilla coming out a little bit more. Huh. And it, it plays off the sharp cheddar really well. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I like cheese. Yeah, I like bourbon. This is not a cheese <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's, yeah. And we are not. Uh, we're definitely mixologists and uh, bourbon heads second. Um, what we are known for, what we do for a living every day is finance. Today, we're talking about small businesses. And specifically, we're going to try to keep it simple today. We're talking about small business retirement plans. So you know something about this, don't you, Jason? Definitely. You know, running a small business, um, so many challenges. And you wake up and it's January 1 and you have this bright, shiny future in front of you. (laughs) And then somehow you wake up and it's the end of the year and you know, things like small small business retirement plans or retirement plans for you and your employees kind of seem to take back burner. So I think this mm-hmm. is like timely um, as, you know, we start thinking about one, saving for ourselves, but also tax savings towards the end, end of the year. Yeah. And this is just wicked confusing. So we are going to try to keep it simple today talking about these uh, these small business retirement plans. Yeah. And we, we really could go on and on and on with the retirement plans that are available for small businesses. But because this is, we try to keep this under an hour typically, and we're going to try to keep it simple. It makes sense. We're going to talk about two types of plans that we see most regularly, Jason. Uh, and that's the simple IRA. Yes. And the, we didn't make that name up, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you might find that they're 
anything but simple, but we're going to try to keep it simple for, <laughs> for folks here today. So we've got the simple IRA, and then the next is the SEP IRA, which is a simplified employee pension plan. In my experience, these are the two that I run into the most. Yep. I don't know if, if you have a different experience, Jason. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like the 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 SEP is so underused. Mm-hmm. Okay, like I I think we just we skip over that one for some reason, and uh, you know, and honestly, in my young career and not really knowing anything, I didn't know I. I didn't know anything about these things, uh, especially SEPs. They seem dangerous. And I had to talk to the client CPAs, which was like <laughs> scary. <laughs> oh, um, no. What if this guy knows more than I do? Yeah. <laughs> you mean, I know this guy knows more than I do. <laughs> so, Definitely. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think the the whole uh, complexity here, it's honestly not that complex. And I think it comes down to just simply deciding that you need one. Yeah, that's the first step. I think we could take this one at a time. Let's start with the simple IRA. We have direct experience with this. This is our plan currently. Yeah, we're a small business. So what helped you determine that we needed? I I know you you wanted a retirement plan available, but what helped you make that determination that a simple plan was the way to go? So really, it started off with just like, well, how many employees do I see us having in the next let's just say five years. Mm-hmm. Um, really, if that number is 50 or less, which for the foreseeable future, it's going to be. Um, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might lose all of my hair if I have to manage <laughs> more people like you. <laughs> the reality is, is 50 or less. And then really the next question comes down to budget. Mm-hmm. Do I think I'm going to contribute, you know, a giant number or is it going to be, you know, the limit for 2021 is Mm $13,500 for the employer contribution, um, for the contribution limit. So if I'm going to hit that number, then I'm probably, I'm probably good. Yeah. Um, and if I'm not going to go over, then, then I'm in the right plan. Yeah. If you're running up against that number, then you might want to look at the SEP, but we'll kind of get into comparing those two. So you mentioned, um, some of the limits, but before we, we get too far into some of the nuts and bolts with it, really a simple IRA, and, and th- that's an acronym. Simple is not the name because it's simple. Um, <laughs> Thank S- you, IRS. <laughs> yeah. The IRS makes things anything but. Uh, but simple IRA stands for Savings Incentive Match Plan for Employees. Oh, that's definitely what I think of <laughs> every time I think of simple IRA. I hear simple, and those are the words that come to my mind. <laughs> so they're similar to traditional IRAs um, in tax qualification and things of that nature, but with higher contribution limits, which we just talked about. So who's uh, who's eligible, Jason, for uh, for a simple IRA? So basically, any employee that earns more than $5,000 a year are eligible. Now, there are a few little tweaks you can do, but you just need to talk to your your person that's going to design this plan for you, people like us, uh, to really get in the nuances. And, you know, similar to like a, like a 401k plan that you, you know, you hear about those all over the place, the employee is going to make deferrals from their wages mm-hmm. out of their paycheck, okay? And then traditionally, the employer will match those contributions. And the max you can do on that is up to 3%. 
Right. So I put 3% into my plan and you're putting 3% into the plan. Yes. Dollar for dollar. Most months. Most months. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I think it's time to look at the books. (laughs) (laughs) So that is the max. So that being said, uh, there are a lot of 401ks out there who offer fantastic matches. I think, Jason, I've seen one that uh, did like a 20% match. That's That's real unusual. (laughs) Yeah, it's not the norm. Um, But, you know, for a small business that's got a simple IRA set up, uh, don't feel like your boss is a miser. If they're only kicking in 3%, that's the most that Uncle Sam says that you can do. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and you know, within, you know, there's a lot of reasons in that decision ma- uh, making when you're choosing this plan. You know, the budget across all the employees and the match on top of that, you know, is is a huge consideration. And you don't, like I said earlier, like it's January 1 and you have... Mm-hmm you know, you think you know where you're going and then a pandemic happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, things like that. Wait, are you, are you referencing a certain point in time here? Put, the- potentially, okay. you know, you might've started a building remodel and <laughs> thought about adding people. It, that doesn't matter. That's, that's just and details. And decided to add all of the people. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so, you know, those decisions are tough and you kind of have to climb a steep mountain in order to get over to making the next decision yeah, because the budget number changes significantly um, when you're looking at switching to other plans. So while we're talking about it, what's good about, or I guess we, we know some of the things that are, are good about a simple IRA, but who's a, who's a simple IRA good for Jason? Yeah. I mean, the employee, the employee really does benefit from this. Mm-hmm. This is a huge benefit for them. Um, small companies will, I mean, from, from a employee perspective, I mean, you get deferrals, you're going to defer some of your wages that reduces your taxes. Now we can argue that point. Okay. You know, we've talked about Roth IRAs in the past, but this is a good place that automatically saves money for you. Mm -hmm. And that behavior is priceless. Yeah. I mean, you know how hard it is to save $20 when you have it in your hands. Like, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. I And I've always said this from a tax standpoint. You know, if we had to, if, if we were paid in cash every day or every Friday when we walked out the door and then we had to settle up with Uncle Sam and our insurance carriers and everybody. And bourbon gets delivered and, on and, Fridays. <laughs> and it just happens to be bourbon day. <laughs> You know, I, I think about how the average person would handle that. Uh, they wouldn't be able to come up with the taxes and the insurance payments. And then, oh, while we're at it, let's think about our retirement plan as well. So, yeah, I think, like you said, the, uh, the idea that it's automated, yeah. that it's set up for you, and um, you're, you're going to contribute to it regularly, pre-tax, out of your paycheck, out of sight, out of mind. You don't even think about it. You don't miss it. Yeah, and there's nothing preventing you from saving more than mm-hmm. 3%. Right, you know, your employer might be save uh, contributing three free money up to three percent. You can save more than that up to the limit. Yeah, and that's a really good point, Jason. Because let's say you know you, you're doing the three percent, and your employer is matching three percent. That's great, but you want to save more. So, what are your options? Well, I specifically, I, I can speak to this because a simple IRA is my retirement plan at work. I do 3%, you th- uh, throw 3% in there as well, and then I go to my Roth IRA. Right. When the Roth IRA is tapped out, I'm going to go back into the simple because I still have uh, room in there to contribute. So kind of like what we would recommend with someone contributing to a 401k with a match, contribute up to the match, 
Then you hit your Roth IRA and you come back to the 401k. Now that you said what you just said is like incredibly simple. Super simple because I said it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and however, extraordinarily hard to execute. And for some reason, folks don't want to contribute back into their company retirement plan. Mm-hmm. And so that's why people like us exist. You know, we're, yeah, we know this stuff, but we're also here to, you need to find someone that's going to hold you accountable. Right. Okay? Definitely. Other than your wife. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's funny that you bring that up though too, Jason, because how many times have we seen, um, you know, we've met with somebody who, uh, maybe they listen to Dave Ramsey, they're getting out of debt and now they want to know what the next steps are. We sit down and we start exploring uh, what their options are, talking about uh, in that kind of discovery meeting, what do you have saved for retirement? And, and you find out, oh, I've been at my employer for five years and I've been meaning to contribute to my re- retirement plan, but I, I haven't started that yet. Right. Um, so here's something cool about the simple IRA. As an employee, can you opt out of your simple IRA? You sure can. Yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> well, I you mean, don't have to contribute, but they're going to set one up yeah, for you. That's right. right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to. That's what I thought you meant. Yeah. You don't have to contribute. Yeah. So, so there, there is another aspect to this too, uh, outside of just, you know, an employee putting their, their, uh, contribution in and the employer matching. You can do a, uh, non-elective contribution as right. well. Correct. Absolutely. Explain Absolutely. that a little bit, Jason. So, I mean, basically let's, let's just say like we decide, we're not super sure about our match. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can actually elect to, to put 2% into all your employees' simples without them making a contribution. And that's 2% of their, their salary their or their salary. wage. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, um, and, you know, I could see this decision happening real mm-hmm. easy in a, a small business situation where you're like, I don't know what the year holds for me. We get to the end of the year and then you go, Oh crap! I don't want to pay a bunch of taxes. Yeah. So um, that's where this uh, this idea comes in, and um, I would say this is really uncommon, though. Yeah. Uh, most most folks have a tendency to say we're going to set up the simple. We might do the match at one, two, or three percent, and then you know we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just like the saving conversation we just had. In a small business, if I save a little bit for you every single month mm-hmm. because I like you and I want to keep you as an employee, that's better. I can I can see it happen over the year. It doesn't have as big of an impact. So if you're on the small business owner side of things, that's what I would recommend is just set it up as a match mm-hmm. and see how it goes. Now, you can change from year to year, too, which is nice. And I, I think you said something there um, when, when you talked about tax deferral and things like that from a business standpoint. Mm-hmm. And we've seen this, too, Jason. Um, like you just mentioned, we don't we don't see a lot of folks that do the non-elective. Right. But we have seen some plans that are set up where employees are not contributing very That's much right. at all. Yep. And at the end of the year, like you said, you might run into a situation as a business owner where you'd say, they're not saving anyway. I want to give this benefit to my employees. I'd rather give them 2% than have to pay a little bit more in taxes. So you look like a hero. <laughs> That's right. That's another perk for your employees to stick around um, in the tax benefits as well. Uh, I mean, there's a business owner. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not that old, but in my age, <laughs> there are a few times where somebody is like, hey, man, here's some money. Yeah. Love you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, and as a business owner, you do look like a hero and, and people really do appreciate that. Know that you have 
their interests in mind, which is really important. Well, and as a small business owner, as you know, and with many of the clients that we work with, um, sometimes it's harder to uh, retain talent when they can go somewhere else that has a 401k and great health benefits and all these other things. Um, But, you know, I've seen it before where, uh, you know, somebody really loves their company's culture. It's a small business. They just don't offer all of the benefits necessarily that some big company that uh, might be able to offer a little bit more there. And they end up jumping ship. This is one of those things that you can do above and beyond. Like, like we said, it makes you look like a hero. Um, you'd rather give your employees the money to stick around than give it to Uncle Sam. Right. Um, yeah, th- this is really, you know, when we when I ask the question, who's this most beneficial for? The answer is both the employer and the employee. It's, it's great for both. So, um, Jason, as far as contribution limits, we talked a little bit about the match. We talked about where to go after the match and then when to come back. Um, and I think early on you did touch on the contribution limits. So uh, just just again, real quick, what are the contribution limits in 2021? So $13,500 is your limit if you're under the age of 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the age of 50, you can put another $3,000 in. $16,500 is the limit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's that's pretty generous. It certainly is. I mean, most, most uh, small business owners can get that, uh, stay within those limits and kind of keeps the complexity of maybe switching to a 401k mm-hmm. at bay as long as you have uh, 50 or less employees. And I think you're, I, honestly, this is a really good plan designed for those folks. Yeah, absolutely. That's something we haven't even really talked about yet. From a business owner standpoint, um, talk a little bit about the, the benefit of saving money and setting up a simple IRA versus a, a 401k for, let's say, uh, 20 employees. Right. So, Really, that's where that budget thought comes into play. You know, if you're in a situation where you're like, yeah, I'm not real sure, kind of dipping your toe in the water, mm-hmm. the simple is a, for honestly, for that matter, the, the simple name is good. Mm-hmm. Setting up the accounts are easy. Uh, tax filings, there, there are none. Okay. <laughs> like you don't have to file a separate tax return like you do on a 401k. Yeah. Um, you know, as a 401k gets larger and larger, you have to file a tax return for it. And that's complicated. Um, and the plan design on a 401k is real complicated. So this kind of keeps you operating inside of some real reasonable boundaries. Mm-hmm. And as a small business owner, I know I don't need complicated, you know, like complicated happens every single day, you know, until you get to the point that you're like, Hey, you know, we're wildly profitable and we need to find some more places to save from a tax perspective. You know, the simple is probably going to, is probably going to check all those boxes for you. Yeah. I mean, think about all the, the money we're saving on record keeping fees and filing fees. And, and that's all, not cheap. No, not at all. And, uh, administration fees, all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, everybody loves doing taxes. Why not do two returns, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so a lot of perks there, definitely, uh, to the simple IRA, um, you know, and one thing I want to kind of throw in here while we're talking about taxes is there are some rumblings and I think there's a really good chance that this goes through from a tax pers- oh, I uh, hope perspective, so. but, uh, something that was really lost in the weeds with, uh, you know, at the end of 2019, Congress passed the secure act which there were a lot of changes when it came to um, uh, IRAs, really all, all kinds of qualified accounts as far as when you have to take money out, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, there, was some, there was some really good stuff. 
there you're was such some a nerd. Stuff that was you're like, not great. <laughs> you're getting all excited over this stuff. I, I'll, I'll tell you why I'm getting excited about this though, <laughs> um, because what it looks like in this this next round of Secure Act changes is um, simples and seps were left out of the first uh, the, the first round of changes. Um, there's a real possibility, and we talked about this on previous episodes uh, on 401ks. Roth is now becoming a really popular op- option inside of a 401k. That's fantastic because. If you think about a, a Roth IRA, Jason, your limit uh, as far as contributions to a Roth IRA is $6,000. Right. At age 50 and above, you get an extra $1,000 catch-up. That's great, but what if you are playing catch-up and you know, you're know you in your 50s or your 60s and you're really plowing money away and maybe you want to find room for an extra six, dollars $7,000? Well, simple IRAs, and I think this is going to go through hopefully sooner rather than later, should be included um, in Secure uh, 2.0, which should allow for simple Roth contributions. So that $13,500 limit, you can make Roth contributions up to that amount, which also would really, for the most part, um, would negate the need to go outside and do a Roth IRA and set up a new account and all those kinds of things. So there and, are, and I mean, it makes it payroll deductible. Yeah, which is huge. For Absolutely. Us. I mean, you know, folks, again, just getting back into the sequence of savings. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have one place and it's happening out of your paycheck, it's like magic. It just happens, and then you don't you, see it. You yeah, don't miss it. You right. wake up thirty years from now, and you're like, <laughs> "Wow, I have some money now, <laughs> and it's tax free." Yeah, so tax deferral is great, but tax free long run is better. Um, so, in any chance that we, you know, we can tell our clients to pay a little bit now and none later. Um, if if simple becomes a Roth option, folks get all over this. Um, but there's a good chance of that going through by the end of this year, hopefully. So we'll see. There's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hopefully, they can stay focused long <laughs> enough to do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they need to go on break here for a little bit, right? And then come back, <laughs> figure things out. Um, moving on, Jason, we talked about the simple IRA, which is, well, it can be simple. It can be wildly complicated. And we've talked about how this is sometimes the Wild West um, when it comes to retirement plans. Um, but even more simple would be <laughs> <laughs> the SEP IRA or Simplified Employee Pension. What do you know about SEPs? So, uh, again, SEPs kind of underutilized. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and I'm as a small business owner, I'm going to kind of back into this a little bit. Mm-hmm. You got to have 100 employees or less. Um, again, you probably aren't a small business owner if you right, have 100 right. employees or more. Employees do not contribute. Okay, so I mean, I want to repeat that. So far, so good. Yeah, <laughs> I like how you're thinking. <laughs> nah. <laughs> no, the the employees do not contribute. So this is all coming from the employer side. Okay. Um, so, I mean, you got to think like back in the old days, pension fund kind of, I mean, pension is in the name. Right. Okay. Right. If you know what the acronym stands for. <laughs> and now you do. And now I do today. As No, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> Jason just learned today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the employer, the employer can contribute up to 25% of the employee's salary. Okay, let me do some quick math here. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Most employee or, or employees love this, okay? Because they're not going to contribute a dollar. Okay? All it comes from the employer. And now the limit really high. 
Yeah, only fifty-seven thousand dollars. That's right? really high. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it, do, it, do the math. You're making pretty good cabbage if you're capping that baby out. Yeah, but I mean, again, you might be in a situation where you have a small, like three or four partners, kind of in a business, mm-hmm. and this is not used. No, it's not. Why is that? I think because the fact that it's called a simplified employee pension, they it, sounds the really, one. <laughs> it sounds really, really complicated. Um, we see, oh my gosh, it's more than 10 to 1 simple IRA to SEP, wouldn't you De- say? Definitely. Yeah. And I think there's like a weird paranoia too around like, like oh my gosh, if I pick that one, I'm going to have to contribute 25%. Yeah. No, it's up to. Up to. And you know, you said it's underutilized and, and you talked about, let's say it's a really small business. Um, great opportunity there, like a, a small partnership, something like that. You know, where I've seen this used really, really well in the past is, and we see this a lot too, where doctors or uh, anesthesiologists and things like that have now become contract employers right, in hospitals. Exactly. So they are a business owner. With one employee. Right. So this is a way... And they don't want to start a 401k. No. Why would you want to do that, right? right. Uh, when you can plop $57,000 in there, you know, you got to pay your one employee's uh, contribution. Which happens to be you. Which happens to be you. <laughs> yeah. All tax deferred. Well, that, there, there's some tax savings there. Right. Um, and, and while I'm on it, I'm going to nerd out a little bit and say this was too included in what I've seen as far as the proposal for this new Secure 2.0. Wow, if you could throw $57,000 into a Roth every year. Right. Holy smokes, that's a game changer. Right. And I mean, not to be like, I kind of made fun of you earlier about nerding <laughs> out about this, but I mean, to have tax free dollars, even though you're paying taxes up front for a long deferral period, I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, you might have 20 years ahead of you in your career. So this, this little tweak, while it's not little, I mean, it's going to have a big impact on a lot of folks' savings moving forward. Well, it's underutilized, and we've probably there's probably somebody listening that can take advantage of this. That's not. I hope they're like screaming into a (laughs) pillow right now. That's what I was like praying for. (laughs) If if this hits the right person, just one person, then this whole thing was worth it. But uh, seriously, if you are someone who's gotten a late start on retirement planning. You're in this situation now where you're 1099 by a hospital or you know maybe you're an attorney whatever it happens to be there's a, a lot of contract employers are uh, or employees out there now who really they are their only employee um, this is huge you get 10 years out of retirement and you're putting fifty seven thousand dollars away every year I mean that is that's rapid uh, accumulation that's that is compound interest to right. the nth degree right um especially if you started early so yeah this is huge the caveat is 25% of the salary or your your earnings or up to 57,000 whichever is less um it seems to be though every year that this is bumping up $1,000 um another part of the secure act 2.0 that i'm hearing is that that uh that's a really just kind of arbitrary number to say, oh, it's going up by, we're going to raise it by $1,000 this year. Well, why? Well, is because it inflation? that's what the average lunch is for a congressman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you could argue, well, inflation. Okay, so make it inflation adjusted. And right. that's what they're looking at doing. Now, it's Which not going to be, be nice. Yeah, not going to be nice round even numbers, but leave it to your tax guy to figure out, right? Right. Um, should be more than just arbitrarily $1,000 this year sure. or nothing next year. Well, and $1,000 on a Roth and $1,000 on a contribution is 57 grand. Yeah. 
I mean, it is. It's silly. Silly. <laughs> really. So, um, Jason, the next thing I guess I want to talk about would, would be, you know, when you can fund these. Uh, let's say that you have a great year and you're putting 57000 in. Let's You do that for four out of five years and then year five rolls around and you, you have a really rough year. Now what? You can contribute zero. Okay. I can contribute zero. Yeah. And I think that's what is misunderstood about these almost yeah. always is like, you don't have, it's like zero or 25. Wait, guys, there's a lot of numbers in between zero and 25. Infinite numbers. Yeah, many. <laughs> and so like, don't forget that you're, it's your decision. So from my perspective, again, I didn't choose this plan, mostly out of budget concerns. Yeah. But from a employer's perspective, it gives you tons of control. Yeah. You could do 25 up to you know, the $57,000 limit, but you could do zero too, which is it. Everyone has bad years in their business. It's just how it goes. Let's say you added a few employees. Mm -hmm. Then what? Yeah. I mean, you, you can change the plan if you need (laughs) to, you could, um, change the percentage you're giving. I mean, if you gave employer employee a 10% last year and you add two, and you want to split that number up between the two new employees, Great. As long as everybody's getting the same, including yourself. That's correct. Right. Yeah. And, it, and they may not be happy about it, but, you know, they didn't contribute a dollar. Right. And that's a that's a really good... Most folks have, I mean, look through the proper lenses in life and say, yeah. that was free money. Right. So... And as far as like, you, th- you think about um, when, when we see 401k statements that have a vesting schedule... These babies are vested. These are right out of the gate. I mean, <laughs> it's your money, and that's pretty That's pretty fabulous. I mean... For the employee, that maybe not so great for the employer all the time. It but. depends on your perspective, I guess. <laughs> I want to keep good employees, um, yeah. except for... I mean... <laughs> all right, we'll see how the rest of this podcast goes. <laughs> So I, we I'm, need to I'm pl- editing this one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, pretty cool stuff there. Um, you know, and, and like you mentioned before, let's say that you grow that business and you get to the point where a simple becomes more advantageous for whatever reason, or maybe it's time to move to a 401k. Nothing says you can't change the plan, but um, you know that uh, businesses with less than a hundred employees, I have really seen steps used for. Uh, companies with one mostly right but maybe two or three for the most part because you really if you're if you're matching or if you're contributing a big chunk you want to have control over that but yeah i i just think that's kind of a mistake and you you gotta you just you need to talk to somebody that can help you do the math and it's probably going to be uh you know your 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 planner and your tax preparer combined Mm -hmm. yeah if you can get them on the same page (laughs) yeah that's a big win that's a big win so you know, I, I just think it's something that, that you should kick the tires on. And if you decide to go with a simple, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it puts you in kind of an elite small business category. And I think that's I think that's something you should be proud of, too. You know, I think we take for granted a lot of times that everybody has some kind of retirement option available at work. It's just not the truth. Um, most people are employed by big companies, and we will say that most of those companies do offer uh, some type of uh, an employee sponsored plan. Uh, but I read a number, you know, I, I don't want to quote it for sure. It was probably a year or so ago that said only about 40% of employers offer some kind of a, uh, an employee sponsored uh, retirement plan. So again, if you're a small business owner and you're looking to attract and keep talent, um, you know, retirement savings is a big one. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. If, if, if me, if I were not offered some kind of retirement savings plan as someone who plans for people's retirements, I would say <laughs> bad move, man, bad move. <laughs> so yeah, that's huge. The simplicity for the most part of these plans, you know, uh, Jason, in our experience, you draft up a document that you really don't even have to submit to the IRS. You have to have it on file, but we can open it up like any old traditional IRA uh, here on the brokerage side and manage it the way we currently manage money. So from that aspect, simple IRAs, SEP IRAs, they are a little simpler than the IRS website would lead you to believe. <laughs> I would recommend folks who are interested in this to go out to irs.gov and, and read into the details, but you'll just be more confused. It's actually not that complicated. Um, talk to your financial planner. Uh, if it's us, give us a ring. Yeah, <laughs> We exactly. should talk about this. Don't do it on your, on your yeah, own. <laughs> yeah, definitely have a set of professional eyes looking at this. But definitely something to consider if you're a business owner or, you know, if you're an employee of a small business and, you know, you think it would be beneficial for your employer to implement to um, attract and retain talent. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that you need to understand your plan. If you are, if you have one, understand it and use it as an advantage. Yeah. I mean, it is a huge deal. So share it, spread it, tell people about it, promote it, and hopefully you can get some folks to really buy in. So, Jason, we discussed a lot of really great stuff today. Why don't we distill it down for our listeners? Sounds great. All right. So let's compare a little bit the simple IRA and the SEP IRA. Tax status. They're both tax deferred, right? Yep. Okay. So remind me, in a simple IRA, who's contributing? So simple IRA, employees and employers. And or, right? Oh, yeah. And or. (laughs) Yeah, that slash is important. (laughs) What about a SEP IRA? So employer only. Okay, so that's that's a good one for the employee. All right, so remind me, Jason, the contribution limits of a simple IRA. $13,500, and then there's a catch-up uh, for those above the age of 50 of $3,000 an additional for $16,500 on an annual basis. Awesome. And what was the SEP again? So 25% of the employee's salary up to fifty seven grand, whichever is less. Okay, and we talked a little bit about this already. Who's this good for? Everybody. I mean, no. I just, <laughs> so simple IRAs, really any size business, uh, 50 employees or less. And then your your SEP is going to be 100 employees or less. But it really is good for, for everybody. I, I kind of jokingly said that, but I meant it. Right. <laughs> Retirement planning is good for most people. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh, so calls to action. Uh, we, we talked about this before, but let's just reiterate. If you own a small business... Uh, consider a simple or a SEP for your employees and yourself. It's beneficial to both of you. Uh, and if you happen to be an employee with one of these types of plans, like Jason said, um, get to know it. And if you've learned something in this podcast, apply your newly attained knowledge and make sure that you're taking full advantage of the benefits that are being provided to you by your employee. Caleb, what's happening in the speakeasy this week? Well, Jason, we're going to do things a little bit differently today because why not? Everything's been different today. (laughs) I think better. (laughs) Well, we'll see. I wanted to highlight some activity in our Speakeasy Facebook group this week. Uh, So you've seen it. I've seen it. We've got a lot of new additions. Wow. So we're going to shout out and welcome some new members this week. I'm going to go as fast as I can without butchering anybody's name. Ready, set, go. (laughs) Welcome to the Speakeasy, Brad Warnke, Corey Weber, Maria King. Chad Sproul, Michael Edwards, Maurice Mo Mac McShepard. That's a name. Yeah. <laughs> Ian Alvarez, 
This is a great one. James Hatfield. I oh, almost wow. went crazy. I thought James Hatfield was in the speakeasy. <laughs> Metallica singer and guitar player. Uh, n- but it's Hatfield. Uh, unless, maybe that's maybe. just a stage name. Just maybe, yeah. <laughs> J.C. Rea, Michael Bowen, Jared Leon Henry, Trish Daniels, Cheryl Albert, Jared Bartow, Roger Dengy, Steve Watson, Brittany Brubaker, Roger Buinger. Hopefully I didn't butcher that. Yeah, close enough. Probably. <laughs> Lindsay Neese, Erica Willitzer, Cheryl Weidenhammer, Stephanie Kelly, Heather Wyclef, Christy Brown, Ian Weber, Ashley Verhoff, Brandon Morgan, Kristen Wanamaker, Linda Verhoff, Kate Brooke, and Rob Lawson. All of these, Jason, new members in just the last week. Dang. We are so excited that you're a part of our little community. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining. And for those of you out there listening who would like to join, uh, there's drink uh, drink talk, there's finance talk, and really it wouldn't be the old-fashioned speakeasy without good old-fashioned shenanigans. That's true. So check it out on Facebook and send us a request. We would love to have you there. Jason. Thank you for sitting in for Jason today. <laughs> yeah, this was awesome. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Hopefully, everybody learned something really cool today. I know I did, uh, but it's that time. Time to close out the tab. So thanks for having a drink with us this week. It's time to close out the tab. If you have a question or a topic you want addressed on the Old Fashioned Finance podcast, be sure to email us at speakeasy at oldfashionedfinance.com. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with all of the latest action by following us on Facebook and Instagram. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's BlueJayFG.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Jason and Caleb. That's convenient. <laughs> so Cheers. convenient. Cheers. Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC, Blue Jay, is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to consumers in a particular state by Blue Jay in the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant to an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written content on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay, unless otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. <laughs>